1: We're less than two weeks away, about a week away until the NFL season starts here. And welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, cut day, some big news around the league as usual. The league never stops. Tyler, how's it going, man? You ready for the season to get underway?
0: Well. Uh- I was about to cut you for not eating a Subway tuna sandwich uh, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> or should we cut Subway because it's not really tuna? I used to eat those sandwiches all the time. I loved them. So it broke my heart literally when I found out the tuna was not real.
1: I got in, I got in the line today and I'm the only one there and I, I might have been the first customer. And it looked fresh. It looked really fresh today. I was looking at it and I I, I couldn't I couldn't commit. I thought of you and I sent you and producer Emily the message and uh, I couldn't commit. But uh, let's get underway here, Tyler. John Gruden uh, was at an Arkansas quarterback club meeting uh, this week where he expressed his remorse, um, you know, and, and, and called his emails that were released publicly, quote unquote, shameful. Um, it was the first time that John Gruden publicly addressed the email controversy that caused him his job with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, just to rewind here, uh, those emails were released as part of the NFL's investigation into the Washington football team with former general manager uh, Bruce Allen uh, with, with Washington. Um, you know, a lot of uh, some racist things, some misogynistic things, um, things that John Gruden didn't want to get out there in the public. And here's what he said verbatim, quote, I'm ashamed about what has come about in these emails and I'll make no excuses for it. It's shameful, but I'm a good person. I believe that. I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I've got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody in here has not And I just ask for forgiveness and hopefully I get another shot. Uh, Tyler, what did you think about John Gruden and what he said? and uh how do you think his comments uh fit what uh what we've all heard and read from him in the last couple months
0: well john gruden looked sincere um he looked kind of emotional uh when he was you know speaking his truth it's tough to judge a man's heart but like the same thing that I said with Deshaun Watson, and I know it's apples and oranges, but I believe in second, third, fourth chances. And that applies with John Gruden as well. His emails were appalling, racist. Obviously, you described it great. Um, and you know that type of rhetoric has no place in our society and NFL. Um, but if John Gruden is really remorseful And he's really learned from his mistakes and knows that that type of rhetoric, that type of behavior, that type of language does not belong in the NFL or in society, then yes, he deserves another chance. Now, will he get that chance? I don't know. Um, But I do think he deserves another chance. And I think, you know, he does deserve some punishment, though. Maybe not a black ball, but if he does get hired by, an NFL team later on down the line. I think a suspension is warranted, uh personal conduct policy. I mean, you can say he violated that and uh, a hefty fine. And then, you know, let him, you know, try to reconcile and redeem himself. But I do believe that he deserves another chance.
1: Yeah. I think uh, John Gruden's, you know, if he does get another chance, he'll have a lot to answer for. And I think, um, You know, the players on his team will know the things that he has said, and the coaches on his team will know what he said also. And uh, he has to win those people over if he gets another chance. And it's up to an owner to decide if, one, you're going to hire John Gruden, two, knowing the person that you're going to hire, and three, to see if they can really actually lead the football team um, despite all of these things that come out. You know, I just – for John Gruden's sake, I appreciate the uh, the apology – it's just sometimes, you know, people apologize when they get caught. They probably don't really apologize for what they said or what they feel. Or um, John Gruden may actually still feel these things that he said, you know, whether it's racist, misogynistic, um, you know, homophobic, all these other comments that he made in these emails. Um, you know, if he's truly remorseful or maybe he wants to correct his behavior, that'll be up to him. Um, just want to also add in here, too, Tyler. John Gruden's also in an open lawsuit in Las Vegas. Um, against the NFL um, for this entire ordeal, too. And it just so happened that John Gruden's emails out of 650,000 emails that were investigated by the NFL and into the Washington football team, he is the only one that got released and, and made public. And, um, you know, I think maybe that's also unfair for him as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I want to be clear, John Gruden is not the only coach, executive, assistant in the NFL that feels this way there are a lot he is not alone in this and you know um, I do believe if he does get a another chance in the NFL that counseling should be required just like Deshaun Watson has to get counseling uh, because that type of feeling uh, you learn that you're not born with that type of feeling in your heart so you need counseling
1: to try to eradicate that Uh, Tyler, another major, major, major news story that happened over the weekend involved the Buffalo Bills and their former punter, Matt Areza, who was eventually released two days after a civil lawsuit accused him and two others of gang raping a 17-year-old girl at a party while he was in school at San Diego State University. Um, This was a really um, huge story, Tyler. Um, You know, this is not... This made national news. Uh, you know, this is different when it's different when certain you know, like Deshaun Watson has done the same thing as well. Where these knows are not, it's not just NFL news. You're making ABC, CBS. You're making national headlines here. Um, the The Buffalo Bills and their leadership, including General Manager Bill Ble- Brandon Bean, excuse me, um, said this week quote The last 48 hours have been difficult for a lot of people. It's been very tough. We sympathize with this whole situation. All the parties involved. This young woman, what she went through, you feel bad for the whole situation. Ultimately, this is a legal situation. We don't know all the facts. That's what makes it hard. But at this time, we think it's just the best move for everyone to move on from Matt and let him take care of the situation and focus on that. So we're going to part ways. Uh, Tyler, I guess something happened along the lines here where the Bills drafted Matt Areza. Uh, He he earned the nickname Punt God uh, for his long punts that have flipped the field. Uh, he's shining the preseason. They cut their other punter, Matt Hawk, to keep Matt Ariza on the team. And this lawsuit came out right before roster cuts uh, this weekend here. Um, just a really, really sad story all, of all, all the way involved, Tyler.
0: Yeah, the facts in this situation are a little bit murky. But if the allegations are true, Matt Ariza deserves to be in jail and all the other Uh, you know, former San Diego State football players deserve to be in jail, too, because this is, you know, really troubling information that we we have heard. And, you know, you just feel sorry for the victim and hope, you know, she can get her life uh, back in order. 17 years old to go through that. She was in high school at the time. Obviously, the other uh, guys were in college, so, you know, those are criminal offenses, and those are offenses that you know people go to jail over. So it's real troubling. Um, I do believe the bills uh, did what's right, and you know, releasing him and letting him take care of you know the off fill issues that he has. And you know, it's we're in a waiting to see mode. We don't know all the information, we don't know all the facts, but you know, you got to handle it in the court of law. And then we'll, we'll have something more on it. But, you know, it's, it's real troubling, all the allegations
1: that have come out. Matt Ariza, in his representation, has said, um, you know, has maintained his innocence through statements. Um, his attorney, Kenny Armstrong, said uh, in a statement to USA Today, quote, Matt is very disappointed that his career with the bills ended not because he played poorly, but because of false allegations levied against him by a young lady and her attorney. Um, You know, this is obviously a tough situation all around. Um, I'm not sure if the Bills really did the due diligence that they needed to do on Matt before the draft, before drafting him. Um, You know, I'm also not sure if Matt was very forthcoming and said, hey, uh, this could come. Um, You know, this situation didn't just arise from the lawsuit last week. Um, This was a situation that was presented to local police and school officials at San Diego State University. Um, when it happened around Halloween last year. Um, and now it's gotten to a point where it reached a civil lawsuit. So um, this is something that was ongoing. This is not something that just appeared out of thin air for Matt Ariza or the Buffalo Bills um, or this person involved. Um, so I think there was a lot of misfortune and a lot of missteps all the way around in this situation. Uh, Tyler, let's get back into some football talk here and... Uh, one of my favorite things I saw over the weekend was Baker Mayfield's comments on the field to some teammates ahead of his week one game against his former team, the Cleveland Browns. So uh, to recap here, Baker Mayfield was very, very upset. Baker, I forget his middle name, Mayfield. Producer Emily, help. Oh, oh. Reagan? Did I get it right? Baker Reagan Mayfield. Producer Emily isn't joining us today, guys, but Baker Reagan Mayfield was so upset, he penned a letter. Penned a letter um, voicing his displeasure with the Cleveland Browns for their uh, courtship of Deshaun Watson, who uh, signed a $230 million contract, fully guaranteed, and is officially suspended. Uh, On the sidelines during the preseason game, Baker Mayfield said, quote, I'm going to them up. And that's what Baker Mayfield said. He said he's going to give it to the Cleveland Browns. Tyler, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield's comments? And do you think he will actually follow through with his word?
0: I actually like Baker Mayfield's comments. As an athlete, you have to be, you know, confident. There's some arrogance in there that as an athlete, you, you know, you have. And, you know, maybe I would not have said that publicly because that gives the Browns bulletin board material. But, you know, he feels that way. And that's, you know, the type of of confidence and the type of personality that made him a number one overall pick and made him kind of successful with the cleveland browns now there's also the aspect where you know you're kicking a team while they're down i don't know if baker mayfield would have said this if deshaun watson was lining up under center with <laughs> in week one against the panthers because deshaun watson Everybody knows is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And when Deshaun Watson is understanding with the Cleveland Browns against the Panthers, I don't think um, the Panthers have a real decent shot at winning that game. Now with Jacoby Brissett, it's a different ballgame. I think the Panthers have a legitimate chance of uh, winning that game. We know Baker Mayfield is going to be motivated. His teammates will be motivated to perform well for him because the Browns just said, you know what? You, you're all right. We drafted you number one overall. But this guy right here, he's better than you. And peace, deuces. <laughs> so I get the motivation behind it. But you kind of wonder if Baker Mayfield would have had the same energy if Deshaun Watson was in the lineup week one.
1: Love all the things that you said here so far. We got a response from Miles Garrett who said, We've known he's the type of demean we know he has that type of demeanor and, a- mm-hmm. and that attitude, and for better or worse, it works for him. And I'm not mad at him for using that fire and that chip on his shoulder to help him play to the level he has. He's been successful in what he's done. Really nice words from Miles Garrett, who I'm pretty sure cannot wait to sack <laughs> <like> <laughs> Field in that open. That's another guy that I would be comes- about. <laughs> I don't know. I'll retract my statement. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Miles Garrett can't wait because you know how practices he had with Baker Mayfield that he's wanted to go and just tackle him, and he couldn't because Baker Mayfield had yeah. the red jersey on, and he can't touch a quarterback in practice. A couple things here, Tyler. One, uh, you said something to the effect of his teammates will be, like, excited to play for him. Like, I don't know what the Panthers' teammates have against the Browns. Like, I don't know if they're going to stand up and be behind Baker Mayfield like that.
0: Christian um, McCaffrey? I, I no like, love.
1: Uh, I mean, love for them, but I don't know why they would be like, "All right, let's go get your back here, Baker." <laughs> like they got nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, two, two. I, I mean, if Deshaun played, I don't even know if he'd be good, man. Like he's just he's so rusty, um, and I think I Baker think Mayfield, if rusty,
0: Deshaun Watson is better than Baker Mayfield. I, I don't know,
1: man. He was really <laughs> bad at that preseason game. If, either way, if Deshaun Watson was playing, I. I, th- I think, listen, if Deshaun Watson was playing, I think Baker Mayfield still stands 10 toes down and says what he says because that's who he is. That's kind of the player that we love. We, we love the guy that was, you know, talking talking smack to the other sideline in college, waving his college flag and planting it in the middle of the field. I think all those things really galvanized him amongst Browns fans when they had the number one pick. And um, and ultimately last year did not pan out for him because he played with you know a bum left shoulder and He played through all those injuries for all those things that you say about Baker not being a good quarterback or being too small or something like that. He plays his heart out. Um, And he's a feisty dude on the field, too. But I love this, Tyler. I can't wait to see that game. I can't wait to see how Baker performs. I hope Baker really kind of gets that off his chest and get that off his back and, and and can move forward with his career man.
0: So I know we're gonna do predictions later on in this podcast, but I, I wanna get your prediction of that week one game. Who do you think is gonna win? The Panthers I, or the Browns? And will Baker Mayfield have a really good game and get revenge?
1: Oh, this is a good prediction. Let's save this for week <laughs> one predictions. Producer Emily. Oh my please. Goodness, gonna... No, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict this. I'm gonna predict okay. this game. Um I'm going with the Panthers, man. I don't like the I don't like the Browns offense without Deshaun Watson. I really like the Browns defense, but Um, And maybe the Browns do win. Maybe I'll be wrong on this prediction, Tyler. I'll take the Panthers in this one, though. And um, overall, I think the Browns, at some point, they're going to start being tired of playing defense when they see what they have on offense.
0: Okay. I think I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to be a contrarian here. I think Jacoby Brissett has a chip on his shoulder, too.
1: (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it comes out in week one. Can we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and his restructured contract? Did the the 49ers really hedge on Trey Lance and give um, Jimmy Garoppolo a new restructured deal with some incentives if he does play for them?
0: So I have to tell you, I was surprised because everything Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers organization was saying is they're trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo out of San Francisco. And they were real – Forthright with it and really bold in their declarations. They were honest and truthful. Uh, Jeremy Garoppolo were trying to trade him. We're, so to have this reversal like this, it was really surprising. And it kind of reminds me of when the 49ers had Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. And Alex Smith was, you know, a pretty good quarterback, got the 49ers to pretty far places. But They had Colin Kaepernick waiting in the wings, who they believe was a more athletic quarterback who had a higher ceiling. And it's pretty much the same situation now. History is repeating itself. And if you look at it, Jimmy Garoppolo and Alex Smith, they're kind of like the same level of quarterback. And then when you look at Trey Lance and Colin Kaepernick, they're kind of that same strong arm, athletic, mobile, so it's kind of the same situation, They're a little bit raw, but you know, I do I like it for the 49ers' sake because it gives them some really good insurance in case Trey Lance just fumbles the bag and is not good this season. Now I don't think that's going to happen, and I think he has a long leash. But if you know he's in over his head, the game is too fast for him, then they say, Okay, we're gonna slow down. We still invested in you. But we're a Super Bowl contender and we're going to move forward with Jimmy Garoppolo just this season because you need to, you know, watch a little bit more. But I, I like it. However, you know, it does. If if I'm Trey Lance, I am kind of worried a little bit because, oh, if I make a mistake or if I make two mistakes, this guy's over my shoulder. He went to the NFC Championship game last year, went to the Super Bowl a few seasons ago. Are right, the 49ers going to? You know, have second thoughts. So I, I would be, a, have that feeling in my mind a little bit. I think that's natural. But for the 49ers as an organization, their sake, it's a really good insurance policy.
1: Can we just touch base on all the things that were coming out about Jeremy Garoppolo in the last couple of weeks, Tyler? Like, <laughs> he signed this mega deal, went ghost on 49ers coaches and teammates. And this all happened in 2018. And it came to light, like, literally last, earlier this month, Tyler. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds like a report when you're trying to get rid of somebody. Um, It's interesting because everything that the 49ers have said, like you just mentioned, has kind of been like, all right, we're going to hand the torch over. This is it. Mm -hmm. But now this is a hedge your bet. This This is hedging. This is going back on and backtracking and all right, well, do you think they found, I don't think they found a trade partner because Jimmy Garoppolo's contract was $26 million. Now his new deal could help him get up to about $16 million in incentives, but his base salary is going to be $6.5 million. Shout out to our Mike Jones for reporting that. But uh, the money change helped. If the 49ers really wanted to move him, they should have lowered the money a lot sooner, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But also I think Jimmy Garoppolo, like we said here, Tyler, two NFC title games in three years. Uh, They lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in 2020, and last year they lost to – The Rams, the Rams, before they got to the uh, Super Bowl and won it. Um, A great system in Kyle Shanahan's offense. There was times last year where Jimmy Garoppolo was not the problem. Um, You know, against the Packers, there were some times where George Kittle missed the pass or Debo Samuel missed the pass, like dropped the ball that was perfectly placed. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo played some really, really good football last season. And so from the 49ers and I just got to the NFC title game and I'm trying to get there again, I still keep the guy. I know I have to play Trey Lance, but I still keep the guy. And uh, maybe this is a good football move, despite everything, everything that's kind of happened.
0: So I I do have to say this. So this was the last option for the 49ers, and they lost a whole lot of leverage in this situation because they were so blunt and honest about wanting to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they were expecting – you know, a trade package to their liking, and they never got that because everybody in the world knew that they wanted Trey Lance to start and get off of Jimmy Garoppolo's salary. So Seattle wasn't going to give multiple picks, first-round picks, or huge assets when they knew that you don't even want him anyways. So the 49ers lost leverage, and quarterbacks were moving, starting jobs were being filled, and... Carolina and Indianapolis, and then they were like, okay, you know, we're not going to be able to get what we want for him, and we're running out of options. We really don't even have any more options other than Seattle, maybe maybe, Atlanta. So, Jimmy, you've been a, a model citizen. Can you take a little bit less money? We'll still pay you to hold a clipboard, and we'll try to ship you next season. Really, that's what happened. But, I mean, it is a pretty good football move for the forty nines because they don't really lose that much. Because, again, if Trey Lance gets hurt or if he ends up not being that good, you have a guy who you know, knows offense, and can win games for you.
1: Um, it's really funny how you said Jim Garoppolo is a model citizen. I think he's probably <laughs> more of the model part. <laughs> producer um, Emily
0: is laughing too hard right there she's Lyle. laughing too hard <laughs> and she
1: won't turn her mic on and join the podcast but um you know also also Tyler we forget Jimmy Garoppolo had shoulder surgery shoulder surgery mm-hmm. um that was another major factor no team is making no trade for a quarterback if he's had shoulder surgery you want to see how he looks first right. um and two like you said the trade market dried up. Um, I appreciate the 49ers for being as honest as they were about this. Mm-hmm. Teams in the NFL are never this honest, right? Like, you're right. just everybody knows what's going on. You lie because you're trying to preserve any, any kind of leverage. But even if you didn't or didn't, you did or didn't, everybody knows what the situation was in San Francisco. You don't draft a quarterback third overall, and, um, and you're not going to play him, and you're not going to start him and see if he truly is your future. So we'll see how this all unfolds with the 49ers here this season. We'll see if Trey Lance can really uh, live up to this hype of being a top-five pick and, you know, his gun-slinging ways and and the sidearm throws, kind of like Patrick Mahomes here. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo gets back to health, and we'll see if he gets an opportunity to kind of uh, take the reins of everything again. But 49ers are a real wild card to me. Not a real wild card, excuse me, but I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're really good all the way around. I just don't know which quarterback they're going to make it with.
0: It's good. I think they're going to stick with Trey Lance. I don't think he's going to be that bad. There's going to be some growing pains. Uh, luckily, I, I believe they play the Bears week one, so that's almost a layup. <laughs> All due respect Bears? to the Bears, but they they have a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball, and they lost their best overall player, Khalil Mack. So I do think the 49ers will be fine.
1: All right, Tyler, let's get back into some cut day talk. A bunch of cuts happened earlier this week as the NFL teams uh, trimmed down their rosters to 53 before the season. Um, and as we're talking here, too, some of these guys that got cut have been picked up by teams, too, as well. Uh, for me, Tyler, the biggest cut, um, both literally and figuratively, was uh, the Raiders right tackle Alex Leatherwood, former Alabama right tackle, one one. O-line awards galore at Alabama in college. First-round pick by the Raiders, 17th overall, waived after the first his first season in, in Las Vegas. There's a new regime with the Raiders. We spoke about John Gruden earlier and Mike Mayock. And, man, the draft that these guys had over the last three years, There's these players are no more with this Raiders franchise. Um, Josh McDaniel, the former uh, Patriots offensive coordinator, and his new GM are just cleaning house, Tyler. And I was surprised to see a first-round pick simply waived. Nobody even wanted to trade for Alex Leatherwood. And now he's going to get another opportunity to, to play, this time with the Chicago Bears, Tyler.
0: Chicago, that, that's a pretty good move for the Chicago Bears. Now, I would have liked to see him with a contender, um, either the Cowboys, the Bucks, maybe even the Rams, uh, you know, all could use you know, some offensive line depth, but a fresh start uh, was necessary for him. Uh, The Raiders were trying to get rid of him. They didn't find a trade partner. Um, Him playing in Chicago with Justin Fields and the Bears, that's another piece. Hopefully he can, you know, a fresh start will be able to, he can turn his uh, career around. I think the Raiders didn't give him um, much of a chance. I mean, he only played one season. He switched from tackle to guard. He was moving positions. Coaching staff didn't give him a lot of confidence. And sometimes when the coaching staff does not give you confidence and, you know, are down on you, then that affects your play. So a fresh start would be good for him. And that's another, you know, asset for the Bears and Justin Fields as they continue to rebuild their roster.
1: Tyler, I almost forgot forgot to talk about the major trade that happened on uh, this week. On cut day, with the Philadelphia Eagles acquiring Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the New Orleans Saints, Um, we're going to get a lot of Florida love here, Tyler. I see you wearing my Florida Gator blue. Thank you for that. Um, But Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety for the Saints, was playing slot corner um, in Dennis Allen's system, was negotiating a contract, and now the Philadelphia Eagles, in an amazing offseason by then, have swept up and got themselves a really good safety um, to add to their defense on a day that they also cut Anthony Harrison for a couple hours. Everybody was like, what's going on? Why would you cut your best safety? Well, they had a a reason why. And uh, the Eagles, get ready for my prediction, Tyler, here. But uh, Eagles, NFC East champions, mark it down right now.
0: I mean, I might have to pick the Eagles, too, the one that – NFC East, they <laughs> have had arguably the best offseason in the NFL up there with your Miami Dolphins, Chargers, Eagles, Raiders. those three teams, the Raiders too, uh, you know, whew, Broncos. However, they, one thing about the Eagles that I'm sure you already know, I don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to do. Yeah. And if he does not improve as a quarterback, then he's going to hold the Eagles back. They have all the weapons around him. Running back, receiver, tight end. Okay offensive. The offensive line too is a question mark. But other than that, I really do like this Eagles roster. Howie Roseman and everybody involved have really constructed a contending roster. So man, I don't I I have to save it to my prediction. I'm gonna be thinking about this until we make <laughs> our predictions whether I have the Cowboys to win the NFC East again or
1: the Eagles. So let me say, I saw the Eagles practice closely here two days in a row for joint practices with the Dolphins last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks stronger, um, looks like he's delivering the football, you know, even further downfield. He was praised by Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, for being able to see the game a lot lot easier. Um, there was one play in particular during a practice here, Tyler, where uh, he was going to throw a, a slant. I forgot who the receiver was, but the play was to throw a slant, and Jalen Hurts saw the coverage on the back end and threw a deep ball to Devontae Smith, and it was a touchdown. And being able to see that as everything is happening and is going on, as well as Taking the checkdowns when they're available when everything else was covered, um, those were things that I like to see from Jalen Hurts this this week uh, when I saw him in practice. Uh, a real command of the offense. This is his second year running this offense with Nick Sirianni. Most of these quarterbacks, as you know, Tyler, uh, you know, they go through so many different offensive coordinators as they start their NFL career because of coaching staffs. Then they also have offensive coordinators in college who take head coaching jobs because Jalen Hurts and like to about, like they went to Alabama. Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma, learned a whole other offense there too. So I think the second year in the offense helps him out. I think A.J. Brown is – is he's not Devontae Adams. He's not Tyreek Hill. Uh, but he's in that next tier, I think. Um, and he will tell you he's probably in the first tier, which is the type of energy that the Eagles need. Um, you know, you spoke about O-line. Landon Dickerson, big fan of his. Um, I'm looking at the roster here right now. Jason Kelsey, still going to do what he does. Um, I like the O-line. I'm not too worried about the O-line. On defense, Hassan Reddick was a monster out there uh, last week as well. Um, and then you try and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who is like low-key a menace. Um, you know, he's an instigator. You've seen some players fight with him on the field. When you have that kind of energy from A.J. Brown and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the field and being leaders, vocal leaders, and then you have quiet, silent killers like Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, I like the Eagles' chances a lot, man. I really do. And then the Dallas, Dallas is so undisciplined that like mm-hmm. you can't really trust them.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the Cowboys just got flagged for a penalty. <laughs> um, I do I, I do want to ask you this question though. I I was thinking about this question the whole time while you were talking. You watched the joint practices up close with the Eagles and the Dolphins. I'm sure you know I'm going to ask you who performed better, Jalen Hurts or your boy Tua? Who had the best performance during
1: the joint practice? I'm going to say Jalen Hurts, and here's why.
0: Wow. Miami fans, do you hear this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say here's why, Tyler. The Dolphins didn't even practice one day, man. (laughs) They had a stomach bug. They practiced once, though. They practiced practiced once. Actually, out of that first practice, um, to me, Tua was better only because he had the better receiver, and that was Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill, on the first play of one-on-ones, burned Darius Slay. Um, So royally Darius they like pulled up his hamstring And uh, I don't know if he was actually hurt Didn't come back to the practice um, He did practice the next day But I thought he was going to you know, go hang out with you At Prime 112 here in Miami Go have dinner, enjoy his week in practice um, Really crazy too for the Eagles By the way Tyler They were in Cleveland for joint practices Had a preseason game in Cleveland Went home to Philly for one day Came to Miami for five more days And then just got back home Fly Eagles Fly is the motto, and literally they got a lot of fly, frequent flyer miles. A little bit too much here in this preseason, but I'm really high on them, and I think this safety move for them really does give them an edge over the Cowboys. But they got to prove it on the field, man.
0: So no love for the Giants or the Commanders when the NFC East.
1: Um, uh, Chase Chase Young's going to take a little while to come back from his knee injury. Started the year on the PUP. P- U- the Giants are a little too early for me, but I do have faith in what Brian Dable is going to do there. I like him as a coach, and like we said, Tyler, they have the best draft probably out of any team, maybe outside of the Jets, um, because of what they got. We'll see how long Kayvon Thibodeau takes to come back too. But yeah, man, I think that I think the Cowboys losing Amari Cooper um, is going to hurt, and I think just the, the the undisciplinedness on, on defense, man. I mean, Michael Parsons is a star in the making. Travon Day's got all the picks last year, and I think he's going to get some more in this season, too, but there's too many penalties, man.
0: So do the Eagles win this division by multiple games, or is it is it close down to the wire?
1: They're going to win it by, like, a 100 fewer penalties.
0: <laughs> wow, stop it. Okay,
1: the, Cow- the Cowboys just got another penalty. <laughs> I'm
0: sure they did. All right, we'll revisit this. I can't wait for my predictions. I'm still deciding in the NFC East.
1: All right, guys, it's Tyler's favorite portion of the podcast where we make predictions on the NFL season and he gets to rub it in my face when he's right and completely forget when he's wrong. Right, Tyler? Correct. 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 For the record, I did lose to Tyler in our season predictions where we pick five games every week. I still owe Tyler uh, Tyler dinner for that. We'll see if I ever cash in that bet to him. But – Let's get into our preseason predictions, man. Tyler, the rosters are set. The season is less than a week or less than two weeks for sure away. Let's start off in the NFC, Tyler. Give me your predictions for the division champions.
0: Division champions. I have – I'm going to start off hot with the NFC East. I got the Cowboys winning the NFC East.
1: Wow, we just talked about this. Okay, cool.
0: Uh, you want me to go down the hole
1: and go down the hole, go down the whole NFC. Who you got winning the division?
0: I have NFC North Packers. Great. N- NFC West Rams. Uh, NFC South Bucks.
1: I got the same thing, too, outside of the Eagles conversation we just had, Tyler. I think Packers, Bucks and Rams. I don't see any team unseating them, really. But I do want to hear about your wildcard teams, Tyler. I think that's that's the real interest there. Who's going to make the playoffs?
0: 49ers, um, Saints, mm. and um
1: the Detroit Lions. No. Heck
0: <laughs> no. This is <laughs> hard to stop it. This I, one is hard, I, I want to say the Cardinals, but I think this is going Ooh. to be a down season for them so i, agree I will say the eagles
1: Ooh, nice nice pick nice pick showing some love to the eagles finally um i got the vikings instead of the uh instead of one of the teams you said there um but i got the eagles winning eagles packers bucks rams as the division winners i got the cowboys in the playoffs i got the 49ers in the playoffs and i don't have the saints i got the vikings i'm putting justin jefferson dalvin cook and Kirk cousins in the playoffs
0: yeah, Kirk Cousins, that's the problem.
1: <laughs> that's right. Let's go over to the AFC, Tyler. Um, I'll kick it off, and I'll, and I'll be frank. I'll be real frank with you. I already know what you're going to think I'm going to say, so I'm just going to say it. But my, I'm just kidding. The Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East. I got the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North repeating as champs. I got the Colts coming out the AFC South. No love for the Titans. And I got the Kansas City Chief winning the AFC West for the eighth straight season.
0: I have the Bills winning the AFC East. Mm -hmm. The Colts winning the AFC South. I think this is going to be a down season for the Titans. The AFC North. I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC North.
1: I know you are, man. I know you are.
0: And then the AFC West. The Los Angeles Chargers are breaking – the Kansas City Chiefs streak. Wow. I'm not picking the Chiefs again this season.
1: This season at all? You're not going to pick them at all?
0: Producer Emily is going to have to find a new soundbite for me. I am not picking the <laughs>
1: Chiefs again. I love Bruh, it, Tyler. what? What? <laughs> I can't believe this, Tyler. I cannot believe you're doing this to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Your other Don't no I- I- I'm
0: going Instead- to get them back soon later.
1: Instead you picked your other favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, so how many
0: favorite teams do I have, Son? You got
1: you got a lot of them. Um so going off of my picks, Tyler, I got the Raiders, Dolphins, and Ravens in the playoffs. I don't got the Chargers in the playoffs, Tyler. I know that comes as a surprise to you. I know that comes as a surprise to you, but I'll tell you why. I think Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen, I don't know if those guys are gonna stay healthy. And that's my biggest concern.
0: You know which team had the most top 100 players? Which one? The Chargers, and you're not even picking them to make the playoffs. If they no. don't make the playoffs, then Brandon Staley might need to uh, pack his bags. But <laughs> I will actually go the Chiefs in the playoffs as the first wild card team. Mm-hmm. The Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders. Three teams from the AFC West get into the playoffs. Bruh, what? Jennifer
1: <laughs> seriously seriously no love for the Miami Dolphins no love for Tyreek no. Hill no love for Tyreek Hill no love for Tua Turner- uh, Goal, huh? who's that
0: who's that quarterback yeah no love for Tua
1: <laughs> he's better than Justin um just kidding guys <laughs> those are our early season predictions Tyler who you got in the Super Bowl man we I texted you about this yesterday mm-hmm. my AFC title game preview and you kind of laughed me off but I think you might have came around here um, in my AFC title game, I got the Bills over the Bengals. One of those teams is going to get rid of Kansas City Chiefs earlier in, in the earlier round. In the NFC title game, I got Tom Brady and the Bucks getting some revenge on the Rams.
0: So this is going to surprise you. In my AFC title game, I have the Bills um, being the number one seed, having home field advantage, and they are playing. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man, what? So much. (laughs) Seriously, so much love. So much love for the Chargers. I told you I was going back in. They were going back in somehow. And then in the NFC, I have the Rams hosting the Packers at SoFi Stadium. Then in my Super Bowl, I have the Rams and the Chiefs. (laughs) Bro, what?
1: Oh Tyler. <laughs> oh, Tyler.
0: And I'm actually <laughs> going to pick. I'm going to pick the no. Chiefs again. The Rams to win the Super Bowl to repeat. The,
1: the Rams time to repeat. a team
0: has done that in nearly two decades since Tom the
1: Ram Rams to season. repeat. What a that pick, Tyler. Tradition. Early honestly, honestly, it's so easy to not pick a repeat champion because they just don't repeat anymore. <laughs> um, I'm concerned about the Rams. I don't know if they got that hunger to, to win it again. It's different than when you win it the first time. Winning it again is a whole other story. I definitely think they can do it. Um, Like I said, I got the Bills over the Bengals in the AFC title game. I got the Bucks over the Rams in the AFC NMC title game. And I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills, to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl this year, Tyler. I've got Josh Allen as the Super Bowl MVP.
0: I I like that. You have a 50-year-old Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again. He did just win top 100, number one player. I don't don't know know how how he did that. I don't know
1: uh, how he did that.
0: Your prediction is pretty good. I I think it's wrong, but I I think it's pretty good. I think
1: yours is wrong, too. I will say (laughs) that I will also back in with the Chiefs. I got Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP this year. But I got Josh Allen winning Super Bowl MVP. And we'll just see how this season goes, man.
0: I have Josh Allen winning the league MVP.
1: Mm. And then Patrick Mahomes, Super they're... Bowl MVP? Uh,
0: Brad, what? <laughs> I have uh, Aaron Donald telling everybody he's the best player in the NFL. Steve. Yeah.
1: Aaron Donald doesn't want to see me as center. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you. I, I will make sure said to that? tell him that. Who said that? I have no idea who said that.
0: I'm glad Emily has that soundbite. I'm based <laughs> better than day. Day. me talking about Aaron I and mean, based better than that way. that's not me. <laughs> but
1: um. <laughs> You know what? It's been a couple of weeks since we had all these ad libs and the season's about to start. I'm just so happy that we got the soundboard back and in full effect for the second season. Of well, it's a football yes. podcast. Tyler, are you ready for another year we're doing this with producer Emily and me?
0: Uh, um As ready as I'm going
1: to be. All right. As ready as I'm going to be. As we wrap up here, guys, I wanted to do a quick shout-out to um, somebody really important here in South Florida and the NFL community. Uh, Bear with me here. The Miami Dolphins lost their senior vice president, Jason Jenkins, over the weekend. Unexpected loss. He was only 47. Beautiful wife, three beautiful kids left behind, and uh, a franchise and so many people. Um, really, really hurt by this loss Uh, for all the things that the Dolphins have been on the news and everything they've been on the field, uh, Jason Jenkins was the the best part about the Miami Dolphins. Um, He was a father, he was a friend, you know, he delivered turkeys to people. He was in mosques, he was in churches, he was in synagogues, Um, you know, during the pandemic he created a food pantry. people who come to the stadium and get food during the height of the pandemic. Um, You know, he cared about food scarcity. He cared about equal rights. He cared about the LGBTQIA community. He cared about healthcare, people with cancer, people who were sick. Um, You know, for us media members here, if you had anything or wanted to do anything with the Dolphins, he was the guy you called and he made everything happen for you. And, uh, you know, this one's a tough loss for me as well, because I shared my birthday over the weekend with a couple of my media friends here on Sunday. And, you know, I was, we, we were on a boat. We had a great time, Tyler, that you saw. And uh, I was ready to see him this week and, and ready to see him make fun of me and be like, I see you big time. I see you living it up. And I was supposed to see him and make fun of his $1,000 suit too. And you know, I won't get that anymore. Uh, I really miss my friend.
0: Well said, Safed. Well said. And... Rest in peace to him and, you know, condolences to his family and everybody who knew him and loved him. Well said.
1: That's a good way to wrap it up here, guys. Appreciate you guys uh, bearing with me there for that. Uh, It's a football podcast season two. We are well underway. And if you haven't already, guys, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store, in your Google Play. Remember, guys, we want you to fan harder with USA Today Sports. Thanks so much for tuning in.
0: it's a football podcast find it now on the usa today sports plus app where the biggest fans fan harder